Welcome back to episode 13 of the Extra Cooler Show. I am Nick, otherwise known as Extra Cooler, and I am here with Matt, Mike, and Jim. Last time you heard from us, we were breaking down a Monday Night Raw from 1997, where we had the debut of Cactus Jack in the WWF. You can go back in our archives if you want to hear us dissect one of the most classic Raws that really jumpstarts the Attitude Era. And tonight, we'll be breaking down a match that you guys picked, a Kane match. I still am kind of in shock uh, like I said last week, I was at work when you guys picked the, decided that we're going to do a cane match. And I came back to my phone. I looked at it and it was like this long conversation. Like, oh, let's do a cane match. And my first thought was like, to, I jumped right to Tony Schiavone and went, well, that's going to put some butts in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. We but, I'm, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know, man. I'm excited, but not necessarily for Kane. Uh, we already touched on Kane and, and some of his highlights in episode three where we discussed the uh, Royal Rumble 1998. In this episode, we're talking about the start of Kane as a babyface in the company. Um, later in this episode, as usual, Matt's giving out some extra credit. You can find us on Instagram, Extra Cooler, and Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. Give us a follow. Uh, you never know when I'm going to be giving out some free stuff. And also be sure to follow the Pod Foundation on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Pod Foundation. Hey guys, Chick Foley here. If you like what you're hearing on this Pod Foundation production, you should check out my podcast, The Chick Foley Show, where each week myself, the heel husband, and the MVP bring you the fans' perspective on all the action inside and outside of the squared circle. We keep you up to date on the latest in wrestling figure news, give you retro wrestling recommendations, and just have fun talking about all aspects of professional wrestling. The Chick Foley Show drops every Friday morning and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Who's got something in the cooler this week? I hope you all do. I do. And if it's Fireball, I'm kicking you off the show. Oh, that would have been a good, that would have been, we got to coordinate drinks before <laughs> these shows and tell the fans what we're going to drink. Fireball, some sort of cane drink. That would be good. I like that actually. Oh man, that would be good. I didn't think use my hands Yeah, that would... up and down and then light it up. <laughs> We've got new homework for the next one. Special, special cocktails. I'll start uh, since I'm running my mouth. Um, I went, I'm back to the other half again. I'm off the White Claw train. I might get back into it later tonight. There's actually an empty White Claw on this table from the last episode. That shows how, clean, that shows how clean we are in this house. But uh, I've got another half. It's uh, plates on plates dedicated to the garbage plate. I have the official plates on plates glassware. This is a 10 percenter. It's what you need to get through a cane match. So suck it. <laughs> Did you use that with your recorder thing? Yeah, I put that oh. thing to my throat there. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm joining the what did we what did they call it? The juice mafia? Or yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've had this before, but as we always say, it's a staple in in our house. And just like you guys, it's a juice bomb IPA from Sloop, a local brewery. Well. I got a uh, Corona lights with some lime in there because I'm uh, celebrating the Cinco de Mayo a little bit early today because we're recording on the 4th 
Not in this. <laughs> Matt, can you edit live on air? <laughs> Mike, I have a question. I have a question. Can you fuck it? Sorry. Yeah. 99 calories that bad boy is. Oh, yeah. It's going to go down like water. You got the lime wedge in there? Yeah, it's lime in it. You better. You better. Lime in it. K fob lime. K fob. K save. <laughs> Get it right. How about that? Uh, what was that thing you used to make? The turbos? You poured a shot. Oh, I was, yeah. I was thinking about doing that today, oh, actually. Oh, gracious. I, yeah. <laughs> originally, it was turbos, and then I heard it dubbed the Corona Lamona. For those that mm. don't know, it's you, you drink you drink the, the neck of the Corona, and you pour uh, Bacardi Limon in there, at least a shot worth. And it's it like... Will, yeah, it reminds me of that Fleece Brothers song. I like whiskey with my whiskey, of course. It's, but it, it's, yeah, I'm going to mix a little alcohol with my alcohol. It gets you where you need to be. So that you it guys, does. So you guys worked me this episode in the group chat. We, you were all talking about Coronas and Modellos and all that. And I thought I really messed up coming to the show without one today. And turns out that Mike's the only one that actually had a <laughs> beer coming in before the Cinco de Mayo. But um, I had every intention of making it to the store and grabbing something to celebrate uh, the, the, the Cinco. Yeah, that's it to, to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. But I've got a local brew that has not made it to the show just yet. And um, Hudson Valley Brewery, which is located in Beacon, New York, a couple miles from my house. And they have a little IPA called Pillow Hat, which uh, is actually only 4%. And I didn't realize that. Wow. Until the show today. So this You're is gonna like be sober. This yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> but uh, maybe that's the intention. So uh, cheers it up, fellas. In cheers. my defense, I, I do have Coronas, but I have enough for tomorrow night. I had to save them for actual Cinco de Mayo. So I apologize for lying to you. By the way, Mo- Modelo is better than Corona for those listening. True that. And I apologize I for, my, for Matt not knowing the word Cinco. He took French in high school or something. <laughs> <laughs> the sad part is I didn't. It was just a funny <laughs> fart. <laughs> Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more. You can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, so let's get to our homework. Uh, the match of the week that you guys picked, we actually uh, we did a little heel turn, and we unanimously shut down whatever you guys voted on. Uh, do you guys even remember what they voted on and, and won? It was back- uh, Brothers yeah. of oh, Destruction. Yeah. Brother. Yes. Brothers of Destruction, Kane and Undertaker versus Stone Cold and Triple H at Backlash. Correct? With every title on the line, yeah. Yes. So you guys voted that and it won by nine votes out of, uh, I think, about a hundred, uh, 400, excuse me. And um, we decided to unanimously vote that down. Uh, so that's a new rule that we're throwing out there. If all four of us want to do a different match we're gonna we're gonna change it up on you so this week i, I extra don't know cooler well, yeah, extra cooler breaking kayfabe here or kayfob yeah. is that what you said mike <laughs> mike breaking mike. kayfabe <laughs> cue it up for me mike the extra cooler show said to our own fans what do they have to say to our fans <laughs> we said 
Suck it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, man. So anyway, we picked the Acolytes, the tag team champions, defending their titles against X-Pac and Kane on Monday Night Raw, August 9th, 1999. So I feel like if we're going to talk about a match like this, you've got to set the stage, let you know what's going on in WWF. Um, if you haven't figured it out, this is one of the most important Raws in the history of Monday Night Raw. Um, so not only are we going to discuss this week's homework, we're also going to highlight what happened on this episode of Raw. So it starts off cold open. We've been uh, dealing with the Millennium Countdown uh, for the last few weeks, I believe, on Monday Night Raw. and Not, uh, not to be confused with the Willennium Countdown, which I think is... Uh, <laughs> A very shitty Will Smith album, but go ahead. I apologize. <laughs> oh, man. Who doesn't love a cold open to uh, Monday Night Raw when it's not yeah. you know, paying tribute to, to someone who's recently passed? Um, but but this is so good. The countdown. We all kind of knew what was coming, I think. Or I we hope. I think I, I'm pretty sure we knew from Raja WWF.com that Jericho was there. <laughs> And I mean, even the fan, like later, we'll get to this, but the, the crowd knows too. So I, I know we were peak smarked him at this point and I'm pretty sure we were plugged in. Right. So uh, Rock opens the show and uh, I just, I don't know. It's so weird to see Undertaker, Paul Bearer with the big show backstage. Uh, like they pull back the curtain and uh, let's see what he's got to say. <laughs> yeah, just, no, he, he's I don't know. Like, big show wants to go fight him. And then like yeah. Undertaker. He goes, let him entertain us. <laughs> yeah. and, and meanwhile, throughout this, for those that don't remember, it's uh, right after or shortly after the, the ministry had split up and Undertaker is rocking that just goatee look. And he looks like uh, Hermes boss from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I don't know why. It always reminds me of that. <laughs> <laughs> I like this look. This is my favorite Undertaker look. Ah, it's weird with the like no mustache to me. But Rock, Rock's just got so many classic lines. I think uh, he's he's upset with Big Show, correct? Um, oh yeah. And uh, he's singing his song. Well, it's a big slow. And uh, my favorite is when he says the crowd. The crowd saying, "Oh, I'm gonna take a leak. This guy sucks." <laughs> he and, uh, buries the big yeah. show. Like my, my the favorite. Most, yeah. Hold on. My favorite is when he imitates the choke slam. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the, the most best. impressive thing I've seen from you is. <laughs> yeah, so I you know, honestly like Big Show is still pretty new, right? He showed up in February of this year, and he comes in as a monster, right? That's the idea. But like this kind of thing, I think just destroys Big show in a lot of people's minds including our own i'm like i can't take this guy seriously now because the rock just shits all over him and he just he wrecks him he's like he's a joke and it's he's rock is almost too good at what he does here right i don't know if it's because i just listened to mask man uh show with david shoemaker and uh my my new friend uh jonathan bartlett was on it and he was talking about uh, ring gear and aesthetically pleasing, which is something I'm constantly harping on. And there's something that's so incredibly jarring to me. And it's the big show yes. just standing there in his underwear and his low boots. He's got no knee pads, ponytail. no, no elbow pads and that ponytail. And I don't know, he just needs something else, man. He's too big of a dude to just be standing there in black black undies they're not undies though they're hot pants they're like the short shorts <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
They are. I, mean, I don't. I don't mean like literally. Like, oh, they're hot pants. They're like that's that's what they're called. Yeah, yeah. Except if uh, uh, any of us put them on, they'd be actual regular shorts. Yeah, yeah. yes, it's true. Oh, uh, so uh, Undertaker and Big Show come out, and you know we don't need to get into this too much, but uh, X Pac and Road Dog come out to help the Rock. It's it's a weird era. You know, DX is no longer together. Triple H is in the main event picture, which we're going to talk about more. Um, but meanwhile, Road Dog and X Pac are kind of still buddies. Yeah, uh, Kane is there. It's just it. It's craziness, mayhem. I almost feel bad. Yeah, go for it. They kind of have like a little bromance brewing here. Yeah, they they were they're always <clears throat> kind of buddies. Those guys stuck together. And I, if I'm the Rock here, I'm kind of bummed that that's who's shown up to yeah, save my yeah. back. Like, oh man, <laughs> must people must really hate me if these losers are showing up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You've got X Pac, who's like one of the tiniest guys before there were tiny guys in the yeah. company, and and Road Dog, who I don't think think has a single uh, ounce of muscle on his body no i um, and you know i i felt bad about uh dog and kane last week uh when kane shows up here it's actually kind of cool he he tosses the undertaker right he throws the, the big show around and it, it kind of is pretty cool undertaker gets knocked out he does the whole rolls his eyes back in the head thing it's it's a cool kind of start there when kane shows up i think yeah and kane kane looks good uh he does. he's ripped he's he does. like probably in the best shape of his career at this point. Um, yeah. You forget the guy is a great athlete and he can move. And especially back then he was, you know, in his right. Prime. So after, after commercial break, we get a limo pulling up and they're, they're preparing us for uh, Jesse, the body Ventura. And meanwhile, out pops uh, the commissioner in Chicago. He's in Chicago, HBK. And, you know, I can admit, when there's something I don't like, I'm not like that kind of fan who like loves everything that a guy does. I have made this very clear that Shawn Michaels is my guy. Uh, to me, he's the greatest of all time. But this era of Shawn Michaels as the commissioner, I did not like at the time. And watching it back, I, I did not like it at all. It's awful. It just didn't work. It was obviously just a way to get the guy on on TV still. But man, it, it just doesn't do anything for me. I thought you enjoyed him prancing around the ring and <laughs> that's and... that is the part I like. But oh, okay. you know, <laughs> no, he wears hot pants too later in this yeah. episode. We'll yes, get to he that. certainly does. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get back to that. But but have you ever ever liked one of these guys when they're coming back as a commissioner? It always kind of stinks, no. right? Like no. whether it's yeah. Kurt Angle or Stone Cold. It's like, eh, it always feels shoehorned in there. Like, let's just get him on TV. And right. He does what he wants to do. Yeah. And it's like, eh, it doesn't work. I think also it's like weird because Shawn Michaels doesn't really fit with any of these guys. Like, I don't, I don't think he ever had a match with the rock. Um, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. You know, like there's plenty of guys like, did he ever have a match with Keen? I don't, I don't even know off the top of my head. There's a lot of things. Yeah. like a lot it's, of guys it's, during this era that he never wrestled. Well, you figure it's really interesting. That's a good point because um, because of the injury, he essentially goes out at right almost the same time as Brett went out, and the, Brett is the same thing where Brett never fought the Rock or right or Kane, mm-hmm. so he missed out on this. They were Sean and Brett were part of that beginning of the Attitude Era. What was the then roster? Where now it's like it's this the roster's bloom. WF has money; they're winning, and it's a different beast in 1999 than it was certainly at the end of 1997. Oh, totally. And we're going to see more from, from Shawn Michaels later, uh, plenty. And one like theme that I noticed about 
this era of Raw that I don't remember. And it kind of drove me crazy, maybe because they do it too much now, is a lot of like repeats. Like it's not just the guy comes out, does his thing, and then you don't see him again. It's like you have to see him three times throughout the night. And it's, I don't know, it's a little frustrating <laughs> yeah. to see that much of. Um, is, it, is it due to roster size? Like, are we just used to now, like them trying to jam pack a ton of people into a short period of time? Or is it just. It could be, could be knew, roster size. Or did they know the rock was that hot right now and they needed to trot him out three or four times during an episode? I think that's what it is. It's classic WF. Right. They know if, when something works, mm. they go to the well and they mm-hmm. go to the well often, right? Oh, totally. They let them bury three or four people throughout the evening. Yes. <laughs> well, then we've got an amazing promo with X Pac and our featured <laughs> guest Kane backstage, where uh, nothing's really said. Uh, just X Pac screaming into the microphone. Yes, a skinny Michael Cole. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of pointing. Xbox's promos have never been good. It's just like him getting madder as it goes on and screaming, as (laughs) you said. Even like his debut, his return to WF that night after WrestleMania, it's just him screaming. Like, it's like, dude, you got to work a different angle here. Yeah. It's quick. It's got the uh, the chain link fence in the background. So it's a little classic. Michael Cole is like a twig back there. Yeah, he looks like a greasy Jerry Seinfeld. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so does anybody have anything to say about the first ever button down versus button down match Gangrel <laughs> versus Christian? Because uh, clearly is, is all about the Hardys ditching Michael PS Hayes um, and teaming up with Gangrel. Super random. Yeah. Christian's got some bizarre music here. Oh, too. it stinks. Uh, yeah. His, music yeah. Stinks. <laughs> his entrance is like, so is way too similar to the brood. And I think they've been split up for, quite a while enough time um this is just this whole thing is a hot mess i i think um it's funny gangrel who is kind of a vampire in real life i get the feeling is is one thing with the puffy shirt i was like okay i believe that but when you imagine if you were a rep pro wrestler or you're working your well way up the ranks like edge or christian right and you get to the big time and then you get put into the your sexy vampire or whatever it is right like (laughs) and you got like imagine like christian calling his dad and who his dad probably like followed bruno san martino when he was a kid or something like that he's like hey dad uh yeah i'm uh (laughs) they put me in the interview with a vampire gimmick and like the dad's probably like my goddamn son's a sexy vampire like that's (laughs) you you feel you feel bad for him like almost like i would never i would never want to wear the puffy shirt on a monday night raw like please put no put me in the big show trunks at least <laughs> and they wrestle in in it that's the most i'm yeah. like waiting for christian to at least like take the, the shirt off and uh, it just never happened this match is is very much about the hardy's ditching michael hayes and teaming up with gangrel hardy boys those those Jinko jeans, man. I think how amazing was it to see Michael Hayes come out in a pair of Jinkos? Oh, it's incredible. I was really happy to see Michael Hayes because I told did anyone else remember that Michael Hayes managed the Hardy Boys? It was that went down the memory hole for me. Like that was gone, that information in my head. So I was like, what? And he's wearing the Jinkos? <laughs> like it's so cool. And I, that I, classic I, skin Hardy, yeah, the skin tight shirt. Well, oh yeah, you know something about those shirts, right? That, <laughs> Shut up. That velveteen shirt. You had a velveteen shirt like that in high school. <laughs> in no. a few, one with uh, flames. Yeah. Oh man, you should have wore that. It would have been very fitting. The, the guy who so. debuts in a little bit. That's the shirt I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keeps. Yeah, you're the cooler. Yeah, you were Jericho. No, you definitely had these shirts. I and it's, I, I had the shirt that like Jericho wore in the debut. 
Yeah, <laughs> silver. That's silver. True. The silver one. Like, I forgot about that. But anyway, this mat. This match is. It turns into vampires against um, guys who. I guess the best way I could describe the Hardy Boys, they look like uh, like a hot topic took a nasty dump in the toilet. Like, that's what these guys look like. Maybe they went to the food court at the mall, had some Taco oh, Bell, and then. But they're like. But it turns into Janko and Janko crime, right? Because they turn on uh, Michael Hayes, and they do they join Gangrel here? Is it the new brew yeah. official? Is it official? Yes. Wow. Oh, I can man. never remember when he's Michael Hayes and when he's Doc Hendricks. I just, yeah. <laughs> I, um, during this time, what, is, I legitimately what does the PS no stand for? What does the PS stand for? That's a good question. We need those uh, old territory guys to tell yeah, us why we're, us up. why we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. before, before, before we talk about uh, Jesse, the body Ventura's 13 minute interview, uh, anybody want to get Sheffy with it? Oh, do I? Oh, oh do I? <laughs> So I forgot about this. I watched, I did my homework and I immediately, because on Peacock, it doesn't allow you to screen capture anymore. So I have my iPad and my phone and I'm recording this commercial on (laughs) my phone from the iPad screen just to send to these knuckleheads just to be like, I totally forgot about this like cheap knockoff rock commercial for Chef Boyardee where it's a rap song and a cheap knockoff of getting jiggy with it. From Will Smith. <laughs> Second time we're talking about Will Smith in this episode too. But, oh my God, is this thing gold? It, it is absolutely uh-huh. hilarious. And, and it like looks anybody, like the big pimping video too, right? It's like, yeah, to be like yes, on the boat yes. and everything. <laughs> and anybody that like, obviously everybody knows what the rocks up to these days. He's like the, the biggest man in Hollywood. And the thought of, of the rock eating chef Boyardee, you know, at the end he takes a scoop like, of it and it's just anybody that's ever had chef Boyardee or anything like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That stuff is disgusting. That's my big problem with this whole commercial. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> you're on the open water. You know what I'm saying, man? There's <laughs> yep. you gotta you're talk you're talking about like shitting some port side heaters off that thing. Like <laughs> the only thing you're using beefaroni for, I think he's got raviolis here. He's got the beef, beef ravioli. You're gonna chum the water for sharks. That's yes. about the only yeah, thing. I was just gonna say <laughs> My reaction was every single person in this video has an eight pack or more. So yeah, none of them. (laughs) But the sodium on those things is like, you get 200% of your daily value. No, rock is not eating beef or only. 2,000% Listen to us old. Heart attack. Heart attack. I can is what those things were. Heart attack. And I can is exactly right. Oh man. So, uh, you want to talk about shit, shit in a can? Um, Jesse Ventura's interview. This <laughs> nice I watched. Me. <laughs> I, I watched. I watched this raw twice because that's what I do. I, I watch it once and then I do my homework. I take a few notes and I fast forward through this because listening to Jesse the Body Ventura talk about being a real Navy SEAL for for the first eight minutes of the interview was painful, and it made me have zero interest in watching SummerSlam. By the way. Yeah, but I I don't know what was that. Why why was this a thing? Like I I don't understand. Right, it's, it's so bad. He lost me like two minutes in. So, I can't oh, even I remember what that SummerSlam was about. Anyway, like he's going off on like hippie rock bands and like people who like dipped out of Vietnam and stuff. Like, all right, Jesse, all right, we get it. It like, was like he was doing his old like WWF like persona of being. 
a kind of a heel. I like, guess I, I don't. I don't know. know. Yeah, it was. It's just weird. And then like Lawler's like smiling and nodding. Even he, I think, zoned out. He like his eyes glaze over at some point. <laughs> yeah, he, he's really uncomfortable because I don't. I don't really think we're going to touch on this, but like listening to him commentate during the main event and talk about China also was kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if anybody else picked that up. I um, it, I thought he will talk about this, but I thought he had a little bit more of his sea legs by that point. He was in like his natural right. spot, but this is terrible. Skip it. <laughs> Skip it. All right. Purely, purely my theory on uh, one star on Ventura here is they're 13 weeks, uh, excuse me, 13 days ahead of SummerSlam. SummerSlam is taking place in Minnesota, and this is when. Jesse right. Ventura was either already elected or was running for governor. So I think elected. All, he was. I think this he was is elected. all a publicity. I think he was elected. Point. Yeah, they, they kind of dance around that though. Like it's weird. Like they don't. Right. It's a weird. Thing. It's a whole weird situation. And he's hanging out with the president like right before. Yeah. It's right. Bizarre. Right. But yeah, bizarre. I don't. Enough. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Uh, so uh, pretty cool to see the SmackDown promo uh, for the first ever episode of SmackDown and. It's pretty cool to think that that show has been around for 22 years and the way it's bounced back and is now, you know, the, the, the best show uh, out of that show raw, sure. the A show. Yeah. I love that um, commercial that they have for it. Listen, I don't know if I skipped over it already, but. Was it your crappy Shawn Michaels uh, promo there? Oh, he's terrible <laughs> there. Your boy is I terrible. I told you. It w- well, first of all, he's one of the greatest promos of all time. Yeah, but, but here t- he goes, tonight he did not have it. He goes, "Get that glare out of your <laughs> yeah. stare, boy! I'm gonna knock it out." Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it, like I said earlier, it was like him trying too hard to fit in. He was like the the yeah. the freshman in college coming back and going to a high school party. That's a um, great way to put it. And uh, I don't know if I skipped over this and I apologize if I did. Um, And I think it happens twice in the episode, but uh, we have to talk about the URL that still exists. That is stonecold.com. I think I may have mixed these up because the stonecold.com promo and the SmackDown promo are are very similar. I I love the whole thing. It's the concept of like, I'm imagining Stone Cold as like the webmaster for stonecold.com. He's like trying to get people to send in articles like, you fix your fix your HTML, you son of a bitch! Like I have I do the worst Stone Cold impression. So I'm sorry. I didn't even know that was an impression. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. Someone take that and run with it. Like put some stink on, put some stink on it. Yeah. Oh I'm, man, I'm so, not the impression man on the show. I apologize. That's all right. I do it. Go to stonecold.com and <laughs> the World Wide Web. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I bet you you could do a good impression of uh, Mark Henry oh, uh, as he's jogging in the woods in like the state park with D'Lo. And uh, he's telling D'Lo how he's got to go to the bathroom. Like, you got to go number one, you gotta go number two. I got to go number one. I got to go number one. Like, who says that to his buddy as he's he's jogging? No, you're like, I got to go take a piss in the woods, man. I like he goes, he goes, man, there's snakes back there. <laughs> oh, man. Mark Henry is is gold. Uh, and D'Lo, D'Lo's attacked by Jeff Jarrett. He throws right? him into D'Lo- a tree. <laughs> D'Lo is... Dilo's the the what European champion? I don't he, even know. I don't know if he is at this point, but he <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is the Intercontinental, and then at SummerSlam, thirteen days later, they combine the two. Yeah, that they face off. Correct. Thank Jack, you. Jarrett goes over. 
Yes, yes. I, I remember and him wearing both. Deborah leaves Jarrett in the ring after the entrance, goes back, comes back out with D'Lo Brown, and then turns on D'Lo. Yes. And uh, Jarrett walks away with both titles. How do you guys feel about the uh, Jeff Jarrett's "Don't piss me off" shirt? I kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of, I kind of like it now. Like if, if you bust the, if you wore that to a show, like people are like, hey, hey. yeah, <laughs> you love that slap nuts shit. I love the slap nuts shit. And did you guys see the uh, they cut to the thing and it's uh, there's a bunch of guys in back in the arena and there's a bunch of guys up in the uh, the stands wearing like bras. It's, it has like puppy mm-hmm. signs yes. and stuff here. Yeah. All right. So that's where I was going with this. Go so it, go. is it is it just me or did Deborah always have the face of like a 60 year old woman? Yeah. Um, no, no disrespect. No but disrespect. She's, n- she's attractive. Yeah. She looks old. Not my cup of tea. She was no. I think she was like 40 at this time because she's in her 60s now. And I Googled her and she pretty much looks exactly the same. Um, I think she's just one of those people that had always had like an older face. Um, yeah. It's and, the face. I think it's the bangs too. Yeah. Bangs. Never she a good idea. In like the eighties and early nineties, I bet like really well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love that the angle here too, is that like Deborah just wants to take her shirt off and Jeff won't allow it. Like that's, <laughs> that's the angle in a nutshell. She just, she just wants to take her shirt off. Jeff's like, no, <laughs> I think this I mean, is understandable. Just a, I think this yeah, is, yeah, yeah, this is understandable. They love girlfriend. to do that. They yeah. do that all the time, right? It's a classic. Sensor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You put the jacket over her, right? That's a jacket. Yeah. It's just a gimmick to get the king all fired up and mm-hmm. talk about puppies. <laughs> I'll be honest. Oh, man. Val Venus versus Jeff Jarrett. Appropriate. I feel like that feud should have went a little further. Maybe maybe Val should have been the one with the European title yeah. in the feud. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, either way, I don't want to talk about Val Venus. Shout well, out, Frank. Your favorite this is, wrestler. Uh, this is an interesting match because it's like 99, 1999 wrestling in a nutshell, WF in particular, right? So it's it's guys, a bunch of people with nicknames for their private parts in this match. You got the big Valbowski, <laughs> you got the puppies. Like that's 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 all this is. It's and it and think about Val Venus. Like if you run, you know how in Madden you could run a simulation of a season and just like whatever happens, happens. But 99% of the time the Patriots will win or whatever. Here, if you're running a WF simulation in 1999, one thousand times out of one thousand. And you're gonna have a porn star wrestler named Val Venus, I think. Like that's just, it's 1999. There's gonna be a guy with like his disgusting T-shirts that are like. Have you seen some of these things? Oh, uh, yeah. they made? Oh, it's, it's awful. Yeah, like imagine wearing that. Like your mother seeing it. Oh, my God. yeah. I had a Mr. Ass shirt, and that was enough. Yeah, that like I can't I can't imagine a, wearing a Val Venus shirt. Oh, some of them are grody. It's nasty. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, now we things start heating up. Uh, Stone Cold is attacked backstage with a cinder block, which uh, I don't care who you are, this you would not return from this anytime soon. And, and Sean prances out, you know, uh, with just his sports coat on. And man, we we were talking a lot about what guys are wearing in this episode. What? It's a little weird. Well, no, it's a, he's the com- he's the commissioner. Put a yeah, shirt on, man. Imagine if Roger Goodell showed up like that to the draft. <laughs> Oh, he's good. No. That might turn the tide for him, actually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it might help him out. Yeah. That's yeah. his right. face turn. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so Sean comes out. He he announces how there's going to be a number one contender match, and it's going to be Triple H versus Undertaker. And then he teases and teases and drags it on, and announces that third person is going to be China, uh, and that's going to determine the number one contender at SummerSlam. Triple H gets on the mic and he says. Uh, 
you know, which you can wrestle. She's a girl. The whole segment has the 1999 written all over it today. Yeah. I like the reveal though. Like, you know where it's going. Yes. Uh, right. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's fun writing. Yeah. And it's cool to see like, uh, Sean tease the fact that he, you know, taught Hunter everything he knows. And- Michaels goes, I brought you into this world, which is like, get what he meant. But like, yeah, yeah. You, no, you didn't father a triple H guy. No. Yeah. For someone, like I said, man, the guy is awesome. He's usually a great promo. He, Definitely felt off. It's got to be a little rust, though, right? Like, because he has to be. The guy was there at all the time for a long time, and then he's off for a while. It's got to be rusty, and like things change while you're away. And all right, so let's get to our actual homework. We've got Kane and X Pac versus the tag team champions, the Acolytes. It's a tag team uh, title hey, match on Raw. Hey. Who knows what's going to happen? Why are you laughing about the Acolytes? Maybe it's the characters drawn on their chest. That what do it. they mean? That's it. <laughs> I like that. Um, just in our previous episode, we were Mike was referenced uh, how Farouk Ron Simmons as one of the best fish out of water things, and we were joking like, "Yeah, maybe we'll do a uh, Farouk uh, homework." <laughs> and here we are, two here weeks we are, later. Week later. Look, look at us. We made it. Yeah, we did it. We're here. Four All right, new, so. four new guys in our homework here. <laughs> so, yeah. So X Pac and Kane teamed up. Um, after Triple H and China split from DX to join the corporation. Uh, Billy Gunn's also on his own. He's actually feuding with The Rock, which we'll get to. And this was Kane's first run as a babyface. I don't know if you guys knew this or saw this when you did your homework, but this run of X-Pac and Kane earned them PWI's Tag Team of the Year for 1999. Whoa, I did wow. not see that. That's, that's yeah. some extra credit right there. Right. That is and, extra. Uh, Who did they edge out? Do you know? <laughs> I, have, I have no clue. <laughs> so it also, um, Glenn Jacobs often said uh, in a few interviews how uh, this, the, the big thing of this was it humanized the Kane character. He never spoke before this, gave him a little bit of a personality. You know, he went from this monster heel to now this baby face teaming up with a, a DX guy. You know, and for those of you who haven't figured it out, acolytes they were were not APA yet. They, we weren't there yet. They had the the I don't even know what what were those things written on their chest. And, yeah, it's like some satanic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It but, came uh, from the the ministry, no? So it was all yes, the, the yeah. right gimmick. Right. Let's let's have these guys come out. We've got the Kane intro with the start of his music, and then as the pyro hits, DX's music hits. And I love that. All right. So if you're going to patch together two random dudes, that might be the first one team, ever. The first yeah. mashup. And it was really well done. And uh, I thought it was interesting how uh, Jim Ross and, and Lawler feel the need to go in on this and talk about it. I think um, they, it was like a surprise to them. Like, it has to have been. Yeah, yeah. And it was also cool how they get down to the ring and they do, they combine both of their pyro. You know, Kane does the hands up, hands down, and, and the turnbuckles flame up, and then X Pac does the crotch chop. I love it. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was a nice red and green Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Like, and I'm sure this is where your minds went to too, and I bet you this is in your notes too. Is that like how much does this pave the way for Team Hell No? However many years. Oh, later, totally. Right? Like, it's such without a, a doubt, right? And like we've said so many times, there's that era that that we didn't 
we lost touch, which a lot of fans our age did. So there is that, that team hell no era that we are kind of on the fence about. We, we don't really know, but this is, it's cool. I don't know. I'm, I like Sean Waltman. I always have. He, he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Okay. Some could say he's in the hall of fame twice as NWO and DX, but I was about to drop that on you. (laughs) Why, why is the guy not in there on his own? I mean, right. come on, the the one, two, three kid moments and then like his run, you know, here, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's super entertaining in the ring. I don't and, care for like the Bronco, Bronco Buster. No, I agree. That, but like, but he, I think he was amazing as one, two, three kid, like the work with Razor and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, coming back to the WF, I was super psyched to see him. And I think, like you said, I think he's, he's in the Hall of Fame, sure. But like, I don't think the fans give him the same respect. If you ever like he catch him on like a documentary or like his podcast or he's on Sam Roberts podcast a lot, he's super knowledgeable and the yeah. guy knows what he's doing. He's super yeah. real too, right? Like, yeah, he, he, he took not. a oh, dump totally. in somebody's bag. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he's, he's lived a life. We'll say that. Right. Like, yeah. and he, yeah. he survived. He's still here. And I think he's like cleaned up and it's pretty awesome that he is. And we got him still. So it's, uh, it's a cool. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. One, one of the craziest stories about him was he, he told right after he cleaned up, I forget what he was on. And he said that he stood in the same spot for 24 hours, high as a kite and Whoa. didn't move. And, uh, yeah. Wild. Acolytes music sucks. Uh, it's, it's awful. They're, they're a pretty badass team. They're two big hosses. Their music sucks, but I like how they come storming down to the ring like they're ready to kick some ass. And Yo, Brad, uh, Bradshaw throws some incredible punches, right? Yeah. Like, like you said, they're not APA yet, but they sure do act like it. And like, man, these guys, these they they look like they're hitting people hard. If we were drinking while watching this, I would have said drink every time JR reminds us that Kane is coming out of his shell <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that he has a heart or something along those lines because he brings that up constantly throughout it. Did and, you guys notice that uh, Xbox catches a can of Surge or some sort of energy drink? Yeah, in the beginning of the match, yeah, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, I think they—it's an advertiser. And there's also, um, I think, there's a guy in the clown with a clown wig in the front row. Yeah. I don't know if that's Frank the Clown's dad or yeah, in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You never know. Maybe magic. I thought that throughout the whole thing, that guy was extremely distracting. I'm yeah. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send Frank the Clown a message and find out. Get the screen if, grab. If that's say, where it comes from. Say, just you related. <laughs> <laughs> dad? Dad? Um, yeah, dad. <laughs> so if you watch this match, you'll realize that X-Pac is, is really tiny when he's in the ring with these three guys. But man, that spinning heel kick and that insiguri, it's, it's some of the best. Yeah, we talked about how we think on Xbox underrated. And we, I should, probably should have brought this up earlier. But how cool would it be? Like if you could, you know, put a wrestler in a different ever. Imagine Xbox with an NXT run or something like that. That oh, oh. man, I would kill for yeah. something like that. You know, he, he would fit in Pac. right now. Yeah. Xbox versus Neville. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Any oh, anything man. like that, man. I would be all in, and I give me all. I'll give you all of my money to watch something. Like Neville. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they do this. Yeah. Do you see this move they do? I love this spot where. Um, Kane is coming off the ropes and you have both acolytes in the middle and they do this double shoulder takedown of them and yep. Kane just drops and it's like, oh, these guys are for real. They take yeah. down the big guy, you know? But then he sits, pops up Undertaker style he like right pop, away. Yeah. You know, at one point they isolate X-Pac and uh, 
JR tells tells us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Like when you watch back matches and you're like looking for things like we do here, you hear stuff like that. Like JR just telling you over and over again, how, how he's outmatched by the accolades. Going to talk about the, the hot tag that was kind of a lukewarm tag. Um, (laughs) It could have been so much better. uh, And I expect a little bit more out of Sean Waltman, but you know, Kane comes in, clears the ring. Things just go off the rails and you don't see the ending coming, but it happens so fast. Uh, Kane is clotheslined out of the ring in a very like telegraphic way. Like he knew that it was about to happen. You know, he did the classic arm around the rope to prepare himself. Yeah, landed on his his feet and uh, X-Pac hits the X-Factor on Farouk to win the tag titles and no one saw this coming. No. no one saw it coming because X-Pac didn't get tagged in. Kane is still the legal man. And to be honest with you, if you go back and you watch it, Farouk is not the legal man either. The legal the legal combatants in this fight are Bradshaw and Kane, and both of them are on the outside. But yet, wow. counts one, two, three, and we wow. have new champions. Farouk's got the Jimmy legs too, if you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He looks like the whole time. It looks uh-huh. like the Mounties stuck him with the cattle prod <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the good way of like doing the Hogan kick out at 3.2 and then there's him that's just shaking. Yeah, the, the whole time. Like, called it, yeah, the whole entire time. <laughs> it's the <laughs> classic, like, like oh. oh, I'm so surprised to be being pinned. Like, yeah, by, by a 160 pound yeah. guy too. But I uh, had to go back and rewind and say something just isn't right here because yeah, I, it, it just it like you said yeah. it was very abrupt it felt very strange and to me it's got to be because those two guys aren't the legal men in the fight <laughs> has to be someone's con- someone must have like taken charge and the other guys were like what the hell is going on yes. right now yep <laughs> Uh, Road Dog comes out to celebrate the, the the win with the new tag team champions. X Pac grabs a mic. Road Dog's got Kane's little assistant uh, uh, microphone in his hand, and X Pac says, "If you ain't down with me in the big red machine, Kane has two words for you." <laughs> and Road Dog goes to hand him his speech thing, as Jerry Lawler calls it. <laughs> X Pac tells him, "You don't need this anymore. <laughs> you don't need this." Friggin' stand. shucks it. He says, "You don't <laughs> need this." Stands. Says, "You don't need this damn thing." <laughs> I love. And, I love uh, that he's got to say, "Come on!" After yeah. everything, <laughs> suck it. No, no. Those are Kane's first words. <laughs> and then it's like, "Break it down." And boy, they're memorable ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. It's like they treat they treat this like baby's first words. Like. <laughs> 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 oh, JR. Uh, you know how the WWF treasure show is out now. Where's that <laughs> microphone? The speech, we, the speech, speech uh, thing. The speech <laughs> thing. Where's that now? Is that worth like 10 grand? And <laughs> just, you just did the, uh, the Kane Undertaker episode. So I think we missed out on the. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm sad about that. I wish we got the voice box. <laughs> so I wanted to know what it was called and I looked it up. It's called an artificial larynx. Oh yeah, it's like the uh, for like the the cigarette commercials, right? Like the throat cancer. Yes, we'll correct. I just love that. Like they talk about how Kane is being humanized so much, and we only get to see what happens on Monday Night Raw and whatever Sunday Night Heat. And uh, I wish we could see like the more human side of Kane. Like 
imagine X Pac and Kane going to the movies. It's 1999. The South Park movie came out that oh, summer. Man. Oh, but I, bet, <laughs> yeah. but, I bet, but I bet you they showed up late and it was sold out. So they had to go see like Mickey Blue Eyes instead. Like, I, I, <laughs> I bet they met up with Golga at the South Park. Uh... They, yeah, exactly. You never know. Like, what the... <laughs> I want to see Sean Waltman and Kane like going to the mall together. Like, you know, they had a little bit of fun in, in the car with, uh, some some extracurricular activities. Oh, if you will. Da- oh no doubt about it. <laughs> Smoking in here, Xbox. <laughs> oh man. So uh, then, but then, like they have this massive celebration, and you know, road dogs out there, big show, and his his hot pants, as Jim called them, and uh, Undertaker come out to lay out the new tag champs and their buddy Jesse James. Uh, it feels weird. I, I know where they're going with this, obviously, but it's just it's a big moment that's that's ended in a strange way. Yeah, I, I wanted more of a celebration. I don't need the guys coming out there and stomping them right away. I, I, that was disappointing. This match from the beginning of the music to the very end of the music when it goes black is only nine minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> but the match bell to bell is four minutes and oh. 37 seconds. So we actually get more intro music and gaga love it. and celebration. That, yeah. Yeah. Voice box. Yeah. Voice box lasts longer than the match. Yes. So there is more gaga than there is action in this, in this match. And we are turning it into an entire episode. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Easily the shortest match we've covered. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that's that's why we've had to touch on other things. So uh, cans in the cooler for this match. Go, somebody. Two and a half. Yeah, I'm starting it off. Two and a half. We just got off of a 5.0 from everyone, and we went now to a to a two and a half. I mean, it was it was entertaining. It was some good nostalgia, and it was kind of jarring to like think back to this time period in '99 because I didn't remember as much as I thought I would, um, but. Two and a half is where I'm headed. Where are you at, Jim? I'm right there with you. It's a two and a half. It's an average wrestling match. It's maybe worse than a two and a half. It's saved by some of the goofy stuff that happens around it. Don't go out of your way to watch it. It's nothing memorable. Um, I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's a two and a half. If you're going to go back and watch this this episode of Raw, which uh, is episode, or excuse me, it, it's now season, season seven. seven. Yeah episode 32 <laughs> so if you're going to go back and watch this episode it's not because of this match and it's no. because of everything else that's happening in this pretty awesome certainly episode. certainly watch the raw and it just you know don't just don't watch this match by itself it's fine yeah i'm i'm giving it one Ooh. and uh the reason why is because there's so many other things that happen on this raw that overshadow this that besides Kane's first words and uh, and their intro music being combined, the whole thing sucked, and so does Kane. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. I guess uh, I guess that was cold. Cooler. That was cold. I guess extra cooler isn't too popular in Tennessee now, is it? <laughs> I give this match. I was gonna say two point five out of five cans in the cooler but i added an extra half for farouk's jimmy legs so add that up to three out of five yeah mikey work rate comes in high on this one yeah so like i said in all seriousness though i gave it a low rating because of the fact that if you look back at everything that happened on this raw it's like 
one of the last things I, I, I remember this match and I remember the outcome and I remember the whole, you know, suck it. Um, <laughs> but, but I did not remember that it is in this episode. Right. Okay. So, so we're going to get to that and I'm going to just glance over a few things because I don't want to talk about test and Ken Shamrock Wait, versus what? Steve Blackman. You don't want to talk about I know. <laughs> we, you could tell me all. Tell me something you want to tell me about Test. As a chance. Now that you brought up Pete Gas, can I tell you about the time I saw <laughs> Pete Gas in a bar? In a bar? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the story. That's it. There's, no, there's nothing else to it. I saw Pete Gas in, in a bar. In, in all, in all, honestly, the highlight for me um, comes after the match, and it's. Uh, <clears throat> It's after a test promo backstage. It's Steve Blackman's interview backstage yes. <laughs> where he's, he's never looked at the camera yeah. and he's oh. pointing the whole entire time. Is he, is he the one that's being interviewed by the red rooster, Terry yes. Taylor? Yeah. And yeah. he's just pointing at him. You never, you never see his right eye. But he yells at the end. <laughs> he yells at the end. He yeah. goes, this thing's got to end one way or another. <laughs> he, uh, forgot, he forgot like his acting lessons. Oh shit, I got to yell something. <laughs> and I I'm, I apologize. I did just skip over the uh, JVC Kaboom Box commercial. Yeah, you did. And uh, you skipped that wouldn't Billy, be right. That wouldn't be right Billy's because I, I have that. Skipped yeah, that, over that, Billy Gunn's uh, ass cream salad. What's well, really, yeah. yeah, you're right. I did, and I apologize. All right, GTV shows us before Test and Ken Shamrock, and uh, it cuts to Mr. Ass getting a, a salad or an Oriental herbs uh, rubbed on his moneymaker, <laughs> if you will. Um, wow, I don't know what yeah, else you have nice. to say about this, Mike. But uh, I didn't. I didn't have that by all my, means. <laughs> did you have? I didn't have uh, Oriental herbs on my raw bingo card. So <laughs> did um. Did, the, the, let's not go over the JVC Kaboom box because this advertising worked very well on the host of this show. Oh, I had one. You had one. You had multiple JVC Kaboom boxes. No, you know, your like, brother had one. I oh, had man, one. And he had the all other. Right, all right, that is the mm-hmm. name JVC Kaboom box, right? I I had the one that was advertised okay. in the commercial. Your brother had like a <laughs> next thing was generation. Huge. Oh, where'd, it was you get, where'd you buy that thing? Service merchandise it had to have been service merchandise. <laughs> Oh man! Shout out to any listener that remembers service merchandise. Shout out, to, shout out to Steve Blackman. Yeah, <laughs> right, Steve, I, Steve, I, Steve. I, this thing's got to end one way or another. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize for bouncing around, bouncing back and forth. Matt's probably ready to kill us, thinking he's got to edit this down. But don't worry, Matt. You don't have to, um, because The Rock comes out for the second time, and, and he goes cut a promo on the big show and tells him that he wants him in a match later in the night. But the big thing that happens is the millennium countdown starts going down. Yeah, you got it. Of course you're the Jericho guy. And, How about uh, that? What's that other music they play in the middle between after the countdown and before Jericho's music. It's like some little ambient music. Did you notice? Uh, I, is it always the classic? Dun, it's like dun, this dun, is dun, 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 dun. No, it's no, it's not that. It's some. Go back and watch. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a little, little bit different. No, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, but I'm gonna let anybody else that wants to go in on this. But I'm just gonna say I uh, I still get chills when the lights go out. Oh, yeah, and, and I hear that pop before the pyro and Titan drawn video starts. It's just amazing. Who are these people that know Jericho's gonna be there already? We knew. Like, we were talked about this. We knew. 
they they WWF just didn't show the signs until like they didn't want to show mm-hmm. them in the beginning. They're like like wait for yeah. Jericho spot. Like we it's, we knew we were on the reading the dirt sheets. Matt, go ahead, were, you're the Jericho guy. They were showing uh, limp biscuit signs that were in the very front <laughs> row of this episode. I don't yeah. know why somebody goes to a WWF show that doesn't have Roland as Undertaker's theme with a limp biscuit. On the, on the signs real quick while you're talking about it how about the guy who has a sign that says kane is my dentist <laughs> i saw that it's the kind of oh, smart sign that, that we would have brought to a show percent. Oh, <laughs> we're geniuses yeah, we know that he's isaac yanko yeah oh better than a undertaker written on a loose leaf paper <laughs> yeah yes that was a bad sign that we saw at the nassau coliseum but Matt, go ahead. but Matt, go ahead, Jericho. No, going back to Jericho, getting us back on track. Um, man, I, I'm right there with you, Nick. And I watched the homework twice as well. And just whenever this segment comes back on, I have to watch it like locked in 100% and goosebumps every time. This has to be the best surprise entrance or the best entrance into WWF, WWE ever, has to right? Be. I, I, it's probably it's at least it's not if not number one it's like top three or something for me it's easily yeah probably, it's probably number one though just as we were talking earlier the rock lets him speak he goes through his jericho-esque promo from wcw and then the rock cuts him all down chops his legs off and like watching it again how did jericho survive from this as you know mr wcw Coming into WWF and then having to go up against The Rock, cutting his legs. Well, I think I think it's appropriate. So, like anybody that hasn't watched this promo and that may not have remembered it, so everybody remembers that the debut happened, the music hits, Jericho speaks, and then The Rock cuts him off. But if you rewatch this, and I rewatch this, and Jim and I were talking about this, Jericho rambles on for a really long time. He almost warrants being cut off. Definitely. You know, and I think that's the beauty of the whole thing. And I'm assuming that's what they were going for by letting Jericho talk for as long as he did. Rock doesn't uh, interrupt him until he's done. Right. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. He he finishes what he's got to say. And it's it's such a catch 22. Right. It's like, yeah, the rock is the guy that's going to bury you just like John Cena would later years later. But but the fact that they put him in with the rock right off the bat. Mm -hmm is a statement, oh, right? Sure, he kind of like, they don't know what to do with him for a while, right? That's all been talked about a million times. But but the fact that he enters as a main event player instead of like coming on and feuding with who Jeff Jarrett or someone like that, you know, like it's, it's a statement entrance. He's going after the big dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the one of the coolest parts about this Raw is that so many feuds are either intertwined or there's like, a third member who is throwing themselves in the mix, which you never see anymore. Now it's just like, all right, we're going to get Seth Rollins versus Cesaro again, even though they just feuded leading up to WrestleMania. And now they're going to feud again. Um, and no one else is interjecting themselves where here we've got rock and big shore feuding and rock and Billy Gunner feuding. And then, mm-hmm. and then you will get there, but Jericho then interjects himself into this. And it's just, it's cool to see all the the intertwined feuds. I was 
going back and forth with this and whether or not it was worth bringing up in the middle of the episode here, but watching now 97 last week, 99 this week, and just the difference in the storytelling that's happening, there's constantly something going on in this episode. And there's constantly something that makes you want to pay attention. Even in the middle of a Steve Blackman screaming at the yeah. Red Rooster, there's still something that is behind it. And there's thoughtful stories being told. And now, just as you said, Nick, like it feels like everything is cookie cutter and it's just thrown in. And it, I don't want to go down this tangent right now, but yeah. the, it's a stark difference between 97 and 99 when they are trying their damnedest to make their product the best out there. And it just yeah. doesn't feel that way right Too- now. But, um, but this is WF at the height of their power, though, too, right? 99 is when they're making more money. This is right. like in the beginning when I first turned on this Raw, it looks like I was like, oh, this is Monday Night Raw. This is like the one that I remember right. That, right. that was mainstream, that everybody was watching, like everybody mm. knew everything that was going on. So it's interesting. But to circle back to Jericho for one second to talk about what happened to him here in the beginning, do you remember? Does he? Here's a trivia question. Does he win? It, or lose his debut match. It's not on this uh, card. But he, he loses it. He loses it. Do you remember who? To who? I forget who. I only remember he loses it because he's like very dejected. And I've I've read all the Jericho Road books. Dog. It's Road like, Dog. It's Road Dog. Road wow. Dog. I, I'm gonna move forward. Go. For uh, it. So so Road Dog defeats Big Boss Man, who's the hardcore champion in a non-title hardcore match, which just makes who the zero hell, sense. Who, who wants to watch a hardcore match if it's not for the hardcore title? Um, but I believe the reason for that is because they face at SummerSlam in 1999. Yeah, if you watch this match, it's 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 really quick. It's classic late 90s attitude era. Lots of shots to the head for both men. Uh, Al Snow comes out with Pepper's dog carrier to take out Boss Man and uh, sets up Road Dog for the non-title win. It's it, enough. <laughs> All right, moving right along, uh, we've got The Rock versus The Big Show. Man, I spoke about it earlier, but Big Show with no knee pads, n- low boots, hot pants. It's just it's jarring to me. Waller um, calls him a big bowl of ravioli. That happens, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't make it up. Like, that, was, that was not no, true. Right? All right, good. I, I, so something's going on, and I c- couldn't remember this, nor did I really care to dig into it, and I apologize, but um, Hardcore Holly coming out looking for a big show. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? I don't – I, like, vaguely remember the storyline – do they, they never, they don't close that uh, story for with on this episode, do they? It's just like, no. no. I, I, I got down to like, he's acting like he's dusty looking for Sapphire here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like he wants Bossman to be his tag team partner or something. I, I don't know. I vaguely remember it. If you, if you remember this feud, if you will, um, please hit me up. Let me know uh, at, at Extra Cooler on Instagram. Uns- unsolved um, Mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> So to end this match, uh, Rock delivers a low blow and gives what I think is a beautiful DDT uh, to to Big Show. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but it's pretty cool to watch how smooth the DDT hits and to see how smooth uh, Big Show takes it. Big Show can move here, man. Yeah, he's an athlete. Oh, totally. 
And then uh, Jericho interferes, followed by Billy Gunn's itchy ass <laughs> in- interferes. And uh, <laughs> here's a here's a WF timeline question for you: When when does the one Billy Gunn era begin? Like when is he in the King of the Ring picture? Two thousand. That's, that's the next. That's the next. Yeah. Era, right? Next okay. next phase of Billy Gunn, right before Billy and Chuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. So main event time. To recap, we've got Triple H versus Undertaker versus China in triple threat match. Winner is the number one contender at SummerSlam versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, which the special guest referee of that match will be Jesse Ventura. But tonight, our special guest referee is the commissioner, Shawn Michaels. Like I said, this wasn't a homework match. This was this was extra, extra credit, if you will. <laughs> um, China wins the match. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall. If you didn't figure it out, if you didn't already know, Stone Cold comes out. Music, music hits. No, no, doesn't he sh- hit. He shows up I, backstage and shoves that dude off the chair. Yeah, and takes the and, chair with him. Yeah, he's got the bloody scalp uh, yeah. from the cinder block. And the weirdest part is he comes down right, and it, it's a pretty sick chair shot. Right, it is. Sean, Sean ducks it, nails Triple H, and uh, is who, I, I was confused about who he's trying. Who's he trying to hit here? He's just like hit, trying to hit somebody. Yeah, anybody, I think. You know, okay. Texas Rattlesnake. Fair enough, and fair enough. The weirdest part about it is the whole time, Undertaker's just standing in the middle of the ring looking <laughs> yeah. on. And, he, <laughs> and then pissed. he sells that as he's pissed at the end. It's like, dude, you didn't do anything. Yeah. Was this a false count anywhere? Because the pin was outside the ring. It was. Yeah. It was. Remember? Yeah. The, that's, yeah. It was. was Sean's it? hyping okay. it up before. Okay. Billed as a no disqualification false count anywhere. How did, um, so what? How did they uh, work around this? And because China's not in the main event at SummerSlam, right? No, it's still Triple H. I believe there's a, a rematch. Yeah, the next is, episode okay. it turns out to be, um, you know, Triple H and China going back and forth about how you know she's she just needs to give it back to him and so on and so forth. It eventually ends with a match between China and Mankind, huh. where <laughs> who we didn't Man- see on this episode. No, no. We, don't, we do not, which ends up with Mankind beating China to get her to get her title shot. And Triple H winds up coming in and now it's a triple threat match. OK, this is the SummerSlam with the uh, the logos, the skull like, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah in the desert. Yeah, I kind of like right? that logo. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, weird for Minnesota vibe. Like that is, but. that's not. Yeah, definitely not Minnesota vibe. But so here's slam. here's something that I thought about as I'm watching this match and this main event, and it never gets talked about. Everybody always builds up these women main events, and I know it's not an all women main event. Was China the first woman to be in a main event on Raw? I think so. It's got to be. It has to be. It has to be. Has but it never, never gets spoken about. And no. it was a match. It wasn't a complete schmoz. Like, no. She's in so, it. Yeah. Technically, she was in the uh, corporate Royal Rumble earlier this year. Oh, that's that, true. That ended the, uh, ended the episode. Oh, really? Okay. So uh, she multiple main events. Yeah. Kind of, huh? It's China su- super believable too. Like, yo, China also should be in the Hall of Fame as well as Sean Waltman, but that's the discussion. WF, WF politics. They're, yeah. they're, they're in Mike's Hall of Fame, though. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anybody want to give Kansas yeah, yeah, to this whole Raw? It's one night in China. <laughs> <laughs> That's now Stu Hart watching. <laughs> Imagine Stu Hart watching one night in China. Hey, I don't like all the drugs. 
<laughs> All right. All right. All cans right. of the cooler. Uh, Who's can, going first? Cans of the cooler for this raw out of five. <laughs> Thank I'm going to go saying. with three and a half. Just because of Jericho, not because of our homework match that we 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 overruled you guys on. So I apologize. I like it. I like a three and a half as well. I think that's a fair number for this raw. It's the Jericho thing should bring it higher. Maybe it does, but I don't know. I, I think it's for me, it's coming off the last raw, which I really loved the 97 yes. raw. Like kind of makes this kind of pale a little. Better. Yeah. Better it's a fun era. raw though. It's worth watching though. If you're going to watch. I'm going four here. I, I'm going above you guys because it is the Jericho raw. It is an Austin pop at the end. The, fun storytelling throughout it it certainly didn't do what 97 did last episode where it made me want to watch 97 from January all the way through December but um this was still a lot of fun i i enjoyed it thoroughly and glad that we overruled and broke kayfabe and told them <laughs> you know what i'm going to change mine to a 4 just for steve blackman ah all right <laughs> Three and a half for me <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Next up, Matt's giving some extra credit to all of us. And spoiler alert, uh, Eva Marie is not in his top three. <laughs> Damn it. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. We are back for another installment of Extra Credit, where we bring you the extra cooler top three stories from the week that was in pro wrestling. And I got to say, this week was the first time in quite some time that I actually had a hard time narrowing down the top three stories. I felt like this past week and a half or so between AEW and the Impact pay-per-view and then outside of the ring with Jason Jordan, there was a ton of things that were worthy of being in our top three. So I have a couple of honorable mentions. This will be the first time, and we're not going to discuss it, but Wednesday night of this week, we'll have AEW's Blood and Guts, which I really love when they do like and, and promote their shows as a pay-per-view level uh, event that's just happening on Dynamite each week. So we won't cover it because by the time this is uh, released, it'll have already happened. Another honorable mention, Nick said it a little bit earlier, but Eva Marie has returned to Monday Night Raw. And then also upcoming this this week is WrestleMania Backlash, not just Backlash, but you got to make sure it's WrestleMania Backlash. So awesome honorable mention this week. We won't talk about them, but uh, certainly some interesting things that almost made my list this week. But let's jump into the top three, starting with number three. Alistair Black has graced our television screens again with two new promos in the last two Smackdowns. And man, I am here for it. Oh, it's awesome, man. I don't know how I feel about the glasses, but it, it, I'm I'm ready. Do oh, something. Man. The glasses give it like a serial killer. Oh, totally. Vibe. Oh, man. It's 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 going to be. I'm just thankful he's back. This is something I've been hoping for and wanting for quite some time and was really, you know, just hoping that we would get something in the lead up to WrestleMania and some magic would happen. But 
I don't know where this is headed. I don't know where he's going to feud with, or if he pops up with something in the mid card or if it's even bigger, but I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. And I hope that these weird fun promos continue and we get, uh, we get a good payoff from it. Moving to story number two of the week, which some may argue has been the most captivating wrestling television over the last few weeks. These A&E shows, man, have been a lot of fun between the biographies with um, Piper and then most recently Macho Man. We had Stone Cold to start it off first. Really well done. And then this Most Wanted Treasures show has been a lot of fun, too. So I'm really enjoying these yeah, no, I love these kind of shows and I, I feel like they're they're pitching the product to a, a different audience. But at the same time, the biographies are showing you some different things. Like, for example, I've watched any documentary available to 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 us uh, oh, yeah. that deals with any wrestler. And to see the Macho Man one that I just watched, it's incredible because like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm aware that Macho Man was very big on like scripting his matches, like to the point where he would write everything down. So in the Macho Man episode, uh, I hope I'm not giving this too much away, but there's a point where Ricky Steamboat basically confirms this, that the two of them wrote down on a legal pad, like pages of oh, notes mm-hmm. for their WrestleMania three match. And the coolest part about this is Ricky Steamboat goes through and they're showing highlights through it. And he's literally in the background as the, the match is airing and he's like, move number one, move number two, huh. move number three. And then he, he goes into the middle of it. And then at the end it gets a move number 160. And it's like, Jeez. it's insane how, how macho man used to, you know, mark it down and number it that much uh, pages worth on a legal pad. And uh, it's just cool to hear Ricky Steamboat confirm that in the documentary. I love that so much as well. Um, just the going through the numbers like that. And it's just little moves too. It's like, right. You know, like yeah. he toss one like, and he puts him up, like he yeah. set him up over his head, like in a yeah. called like three, like it's incredible. Yeah. Close line him out of the ring. Like it's insane. Imagine memorizing such a thing. It's such oh my God, 160 moves. Yeah. And we, we, we've known this about this match. Right. But like to hear, like you said, to hear Ricky confirm it, it makes you want to go back and rewatch. Awesome. Well, let's move quickly to our top story from the week and SmackDown in general, but let's really talk about the main event. There's two pieces from this that were really impactful for me or were worth speaking about. And we'll start with the Roman entrance music, man. The Shield music has officially been retired. It's about time. I'm glad they got years ago. I was happy. Uh, thank you to uh, the 49ers Levi Stadium for getting rid of Roman walking out of the crowd. And <laughs> now I didn't hate Roman with the shield music, but I'm glad it's gone. It's time for a new era. And, it's run uh, its course. Yeah. This just shows that that he's not dying down anytime soon. And why, why would he? Right. He's the, guy, the most incredible run in wrestling right now in all of wrestling. And this music is so kind of over the top and glorious yeah. sound. It's fitting. It's like royalty. It, it feels uh, like head of the Heyman table and, all the way. Heyman and Jay Uso coming out with him. It's just, it's, it's very appropriate. I think anytime there's piano in an entrance theme, like that's a chef kiss. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it could be even bigger. 
Like yeah. I wish that the, the tones just grew and I feel like there's an even bigger need for yeah. a crescendo there that just isn't quite there. I know I'm nitpicking and being really smarky, but uh, I, I, I enjoyed it and I'm happy that they've moved on from, uh, from the shield music. Give it time. WWE knows this and they can, they fine tune these songs sometimes. Yeah. And I think imagine yep. by WrestleMania next year, if he mm-hmm. gets a proper WrestleMania entrance, with this music, I can imagine it's going to be like a full orchestral oh, yeah. situation that's, that's going on. Exactly, that's exactly how I feel. I feel yeah. like it needs this big orchestra yep. behind it all and not just the piano. But Yeah, you need yeah. 100 musicians out there. It's, yeah. going, to be, it's going to be good, and it's, it's super fitting for him. As long as they don't add lyrics like with Nakamura's, but that's <laughs> that's all another subject. Sorry. <laughs> So Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns put together a hell of a match. And in the end, Daniel Bryan ends up passing out in the submission hold. And Daniel Bryan is now banished from SmackDown. So I, we're recording during the middle of NXT. So I don't know if anything has happened there. But what do you think is next for Daniel Bryan? Is he, Man. Is he done? Does he go to a different show? Does he just disappear? I think it's just time off, man. Guy's got two kids. Like, how could you do the on the road thing, especially with all the things we've heard of him? And I don't think he's done. Yeah. But man, uh, just to touch on that match, that that's like match of the year candidate. Uh, it was really good. And like I said earlier in the episode, SmackDown is uh, leading the charge, if you will. It's the A show. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I uh, I'm certainly hopeful that we get an. NXT Daniel Bryan run. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that'll actually happen, but I would love to see it. It could be a lot of fun, but I don't, I don't have very, I think he'll take a break for a tiny bit. Then maybe, maybe like in a few weeks, maybe like SummerSlam, he shows up back again or he takes even more time off. Who knows? Yeah. There's contract uh, is supposedly coming to an end soon. And I don't know all the details and didn't spend time looking in, but uh, yeah, I'm interested. I hope that um, we see more Daniel Bryan, whether it's at WWE or it's elsewhere, he can pop up and do some fun things on Indies or ring of honor. I can't or see something him doing like that. that. Uh, uh, we'll he talks about it. Yeah. 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 But, go uh, take, go take that bum Kenny Omega's. All his belts. You want to you want to talk about? No, I'm not going to go into it. But you want to talk about the guy with charisma of a rotten apple? Guy sucks. (laughs) Guy sucks on the mic. I I cringe every time I hear him talk. Uh, I I would I would watch a Kenny Omega match any day of the week. Oh, 100 percent. But to have him play wrestler on a microphone just doesn't do it for me either. Man, you guys Sorry are, to go down that road. You guys are ending this episode like a 1999 Raw. It's going to go to credits and you guys are like talking major trash. Like, yeah. around. like it's someone just choke like slams that. Kenny Omega and like, we'll see you next week. <laughs> the tape machines are rolling. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations to Kenny for winning the Impact title and uh, shout out to extra cooler friend of the show, Rachel Ellering for also, uh, yes. Tag gold. Hell yeah. Impact. Bravo. Rachel. Good, Congrats. Good Long overdue. Hell yeah. Is that better for you, Jim? We'll end on a high note for you. So I like, I like when everyone goes home happy. Congrats, Rachel. <laughs> 
uh, awesome to see it and welcome back to our television screens. So that's all I got for some extra credit this week. Short, fast, just like some Shane McMahon punches. All right, that's it for episode 13 of the Extra Cooler Show. So head over to our Instagram story and vote now for our homework for week 14, uh, episode 14, if you will, uh, where we'll be breaking down an Eddie Guerrero match of your choice. Maybe of your choice. (laughs) (laughs) So don't forget to follow and check out the Pod Foundation on social media at Pod Foundation. That's the Extra Cooler Show, along with our friends, Chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Pyramid Wrestling. And of course, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Extra Cooler and Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. Do us a favor. Follow, subscribe, rate, review. Tell all your friends about the Extra Cooler Show. How much you guys love us. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Viva la raza. Cheers, fellas. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Rock says, don't be a jabroni, eat your Chef Boyardee ravioli. I think he's getting chefy.